the Moral Hangover Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Dombrowski, and I'm here with my producer, Victoria Bruno. If you don't follow us already, give us a follow at the Moral Hangover Podcast on Instagram, and you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcast. Vic, this week's episode with Nellie is it, – it was an episode I couldn't put down. I was listening to it in my car. I was listening to it around the house when I was doing laundry. I just feel like it was so insightful. I think it's very educational from like a, a dating standpoint. We cover a lot of a lot of topics, cover a lot of grounds in this episode. We, I think one of my favorite highlights was talking about people who go back to their exes because I've been guilty of it. So many people have been guilty of it. And I was at dinner the other night and we were talking about how people like still stalk their exes on social media. And it's like, that is not going to help you. If you're checking to see... Who is still following them and what girls are their new followers on your Internet Explorer because you can't check it on the Instagram app? There's a problem there. I think it's like the biggest trend of COVID of either people getting back with their ex, stalking their ex. Like I honestly, there's a boy that I liked. Okay. Andrew and I have been dating since when have we been dating? Since? Yeah. Said this at the sophomore year of high school. But there were a few boys, a lot of boys that I liked my freshman year of high school. And recently, one of them, I got a Facebook notification that they posted something. And then I was down Ooh. the rabbit hole, like, what are they doing? Yeah. The rabbit hole is a black hole. It's similar to YouTube. You start on a video of Carly Bible with a makeup tutorial. And next thing you know, you're looking at what tonsil stones are and pimple popping. You can just go from one thing to the next and none of it makes sense. You just go with it. The worst part is like if a guy wanted to stalk us, they could find out so much information. So much. But like with boys, like you really have to dig. I mean, you have to find the mom's Facebook. Once you find his mom's Facebook, it's brilliant. The code has been cracked at that point. Ooh. That is where you're gonna find the ugly pictures of that person. And you're going to find out what they looked at when they were a child. So then you can decide, is this person even worth it? Like if you're investing so much in this person, maybe your kids will be ugly and you don't even know yet. And you have to do that research to find out. I never thought of that, but that is so smart. Always the Facebook, not the Instagram, because the moms with Instagrams either have two pictures or their accounts look anonymous. And we've talked about this before. Like your mom actually has like a picture. My mom has an Instagram account, but like no picture looks like a crazy person. And then our good friend Marshall, his mom has an Instagram and hers is just like same as my mom. No picture, no pictures posted, just following like a few people. So what's there's no your, good tea there. What's your favorite way, even though in this episode, Nellie says not to do this, but yeah. what is your favorite way to stalk a guy that's unstalkable? Okay. I feel like you're trying to lead me into something that you know I'm going to say, but I'll say it anyway. Um, I think Venmo is the best way to find out who someone is hanging out with. I don't care if it's boy, girl, love interest, friend. I think Venmo is the best way to find something out. But if your guy that you're stalking, his Venmos are locked, chances are he's a sneaky mofo. Like I was seeing someone whose Venmos were all locked. And I'm like, who the F are you? Who are you you sending money to? Is it a drug dealer? Is it a girl? I don't know. I know. It really, it tells a lot. I mean, some things, obviously you can stay private on Venmo. Like if you're sending like a bill to someone, I think that can be private because like if it's, if it's a large sum of money and you don't want people seeing it and trying to hack into your account, then yes, I think you can hide that. I think that's grounds for that. If you're getting, you know, plan B, I think that's fine to private that, <laughs> you know, anything else. If you're going to a restaurant, if you're 
going to an event with someone, those are grounds for maybe, you know, share with the friends. So I don't know. That's my only caveat with the Venmo thing. So there's a new discovery in the land of searching and stalking, friend, boy, whoever. So Peloton, because so many people now have the Peloton app, they either have the app for, you know, working out or they have the app for using the actual equipment. You can figure out, is that person working out? How often they're working out? What their metrics are? It's honestly very invasive because we actually posted on our story that we are on Peloton and like, we're like, okay, people follow us. Like if you're on it, like let's connect. So now all these people who followed us, it's like 10 people. I can see everything they do on Peloton. I can see how often they work out. I can see how hard they're going, what their average speed is. If someone sees that half the time, I'll be on a run And then I'll be like, okay, fuck it. We're walking the rest of the way. Like we're walking the rest of the way and we're hiking up the incline. And that is that. I, since we posted our Peloton usernames, like what? I got like five people following me and people I'm like friendly with, friends with, whatever. And I'm so insecure about working out now because I'm like, I mean, I don't have a bike or or treadmill. I just do like the strength workouts. And I'm like, are they judging that I only did 20 minutes today? Are they like, she's a wimp for not doing 45 minute workouts? And... (laughs) Today, I actually did work out because I was like, oh, I only worked out Monday, Tuesday. Like the people who are friends with me. Are really <laughs> That's my new rationale that, well, besides me trying to like, you know, get in shape for summer and starting early, half my other rationale is, okay, if people are going to look at this, I want to keep my streak. I want to keep my active days up, but it also kind of keeps me accountable. I'm like, okay, I told no. people I was going to work out. I'm trying to stick to it. It's honestly an accountability coach, like a secret really accountability is. coach. That I didn't ask for and or want, but it's just there. But then it doesn't count the days that you go on a walk. Okay, that's what really bothered me is because in the summer I would go on a walk. So obviously I'm not going to go for a two-mile walk and then be like, oh, let me hop on the Peloton today as well. Like, no, there's only X amount of hours in the day and homegirl has to work. So those hours don't get in there. So, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt just in case someone is skipping a few days. Maybe they're mixing it up with a different exercise. Maybe they're not. Don't come. Yeah, that's what I'm like. I'm thinking like, oh, I hope they just think I do another workout. (laughs) Yeah. Like you do, you do like an online one. You found like a YouTube one that you're doing. That's what we're going to say. But I really think you all are going to love this episode. Let us know your tips. DM us what your tips are for having a healthy relationship and what are some toxic habits you've seen in dating and let us know. We'd love to unpack it. And for our gals listening to this who are like, oh crap, like that, that's definitely at me. I don't know. Maybe you can take something from this episode. Most of this episode is personal experience on both of our ends. And I just want to put a disclaimer out there. I was dating when we were recording this episode. This episode we recorded in December, early December. I was actively dating. As of right now, since January, I am not. So this person who was mentioned, we are not seeing each other, but I wish them the best. And I'm just kind of doing my own thing for now. Focusing my energy on myself. Love it. So everyone sit back, relax, and enjoy our episode with Ask Nelly. And if you love it, leave us a review on our Apple podcast. Give us a star rating, and we would really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. You guys, today we have Ask Nelly. You all know her from TikTok. She is basically the viral dating coach. I take her advice religiously. I don't know if I practice it that well, but I do take it in religiously. Um, Everyone, welcome Nelly to the podcast. Hi. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I was just saying this is my first podcast, so I'm a little bit nervous, but definitely very excited to be on. Well, we're so excited to have you. And honestly, it's about to be crackhead energy in the next 
hour. So <laughs> we can't wait to dive in. We can into wait it. to dive in. So fill us in on you because you are like a viral overnight star. Like how did this all happen? I wouldn't say overnight. Um, I started on TikTok in July and it was an accident. My sister was going through some relationship difficulties, situationship difficulties, probably a better word. And I was trying to convince her to do a TikTok dance with me. She wanted no part of it. Um, so I was trying to give her advice on like how to deal with her situation because she was in the middle of getting ghosted. And I was like, you know what? Let me just do a quick TikTok on like three three things to do if a guy ghosts you. And I was surprised that people were actually engaging with it because, you know, I kind of did it as a joke, if anything, just trying to give her advice. And um, yeah, people started asking me for more tips. Okay, what do I do in this situation? What do I do in this situation? I was like, oh, that's kind of like interesting. I wasn't expecting that. And so I started to film more videos and um, and then I just got more consistent and um, I've grown a following through that. So it wasn't exactly overnight, but it was definitely um, a mistake <laughs> or, or an accident, I suppose. Well, especially with ghosting, I feel like right now it is so prevalent within like the 20 year old age. Like that's the mm -hmm. thing to do if you don't want to get hurt or you're afraid they're going to hurt you first. You're like, oh, I'm just going to ghost. I'm just going to yeah. ghost and it's going to solve all my problems. And it doesn't, it just makes everything so much more complicated. And it's a huge slap in the face. Well, if you're the one who's getting ghosted, I think a lot of the times you just end up confused. And then there's this feeling of, you know, rejection and dealing with that rejection. And what did I do wrong? But if you're on, if you're on the other end and you're the one who goes to the other person, usually you don't even think about it. It's just like, why would I be honest and be like, actually, I'm not feeling it with you? Because that, in a sense, takes a lot more maturity, I suppose, and um, and proactivity. So I think for, it's, it's that weird duality, right? Of like, oftentimes when you're on the ghosting end and you're the one who is, you know, receiving it, you really get it. You can really get into a rut. But if you're the one ghosting someone else, usually you don't even think about it because we live in this kind of fast food culture of like onto the next, onto the next, onto the next. And that's what's so messed up with it because I think, I think people now dating, they think, oh, if it doesn't work out this person, there's someone, there's someone else right around the corner with like Instagram mm -hmm. and with the grass the is always apps. greener. Yeah. There was like the grass is always greener. It's like, actually, no, it's not. She's also a crackhead. So like, no, <laughs> <laughs> like I always think the grass always looks greener, but it's like, and then you reveal the layers and you find out that whatever you had previously was better. And then I think this is why people go back to their exes. Yeah. Well, and I always say, you know, the grass is greener where you water it. Um, it's, it's not greener on someone else's lawn. You know, flowers take a long time to bloom. And if you want, you know, your relationship to blossom, it is going to take, um, consistency and, um, that day-to-day -day effort. You know, that's why they say love grows over time. Um, anything that starts really fast usually ends really fast too. And, you know, I think to your point, it's like sometimes you, I think we live in this era of like, you kind of just take things at face value instead of going underneath the surface and looking for substance. And so oftentimes people mistaken a dandelion for a flower when it's really just a weed, you know, and that's not a relationship. That's Okay. What know. do you mean by that? Explain this analogy more because I like it. And I'm going to start using it. Well, we live in this culture, for example, I think where a lot of young guys, you know, will date because a girl looks hot on Instagram mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily just, it's not about getting to know someone's personality. 
it's okay, you know, we're going to take this at face value and kind of hit it and quit it. And then, you know, you end up in this, these complicated situations where there's not any real commitment to a relationship because you were never going for someone for substance. You were going for someone for just a, you know, a very surface level appeal. And that's not a relationship because you're not actually taking time to water that relationship the way you'd water a plant and grow a flower. You're simply, you know, going for things because they look like flowers, but they're really not. And that's not a knock on women by any means. That's just kind of an analogy to show how relationships have transpired, I think, into something that, again, isn't true. It's not a garden. It's, you know, just a, oh, I'm going to just pick this flower and, you know, on to the next. And I think it goes, it's on both people, right? It's on women in a sense too. I think a lot of girls are just putting out too early and they're not giving themselves the opportunity to have a relationship. And then I think in a sense, guys too are, you know, taking an inch and trying to turn it into a mile as opposed to really investing in people. And that's partly, I think, or I would say to a pretty large extent on social media, you know, we don't really take the time anymore as people to have conversations the way we're having a conversation right now. Everything is just, you know, what, you know, swipe right, swipe left, boom, boom, boom. You know, are you in front of my face right now or not? So I like this. Yeah. I want to go back to your point on girls putting out too early Mm -hmm. because I think with the hook, with the hookup culture, there feels, there feels like there's this pressure that you have to put out and then if you don't, there's this anxiety that comes with it of, okay, I've gone on three dates now. Like I'm overthinking it that I have to like sleep with this person now at this point. Because I think sometimes if you do it too soon, it's like, okay, it's strictly physical. And then I think if you wait, sometimes there's a lot of anxiety that comes with it. And then you're just like, why did I waste this time? And then it doesn't turn out to be what you wanted. So I have a few different thoughts on this. I'm definitely not in the camp of people who's like, there's a certain amount of dates you have to go on. If you want to have a one night stand, have one night stand. I I have no problem with any of that. Um, I think where the issue is, is oftentimes we as women, when we put out early, end up thinking that the relationship is more than it is. And then you get in this cycle of thinking, you know, you, you, essentially blow it out of proportion. It's called the halo effect where you start to basically idolize someone you don't really know that well. They call it a halo effect because it's almost like an angel with a halo. You know, you start to Mm-hmm. be the best, you know, a few qualities in this person. And you think that there's something that they're not really, they might be some of those qualities, but you don't have the full picture and you're kind of jaded because you've already put out. Um, and it's actually rooted in science because we release something called dopamine, which essentially is a bonding hormone. Men, on the other hand, actually want to develop an emotional connection because for them, that is a chase. They want to be able to put in the effort. It's more fun that way. And we, as women, I think often, you know, if we get scared or we feel that we're going to lose this person, we want to do whatever it takes to keep them, which is kind of a weird dichotomy, right? Because it's, it's like a tale of two cities. So I think in a sense, we as women need to start to really compartmentalize things the way men do and recognize that if you're going to hook up with someone, it doesn't mean you're his boy, you're his girlfriend. You have to understand really what that is. It's a hookup and that's pretty much it. Um, and if you are able to do that, then, you know, you're going to be able to kind of see the situation with a lot more clarity because that's how men look at it. And that's why I say, if you're looking for something more serious, if you're looking for a relationship, focus on creating emotional intimacy before physical intimacy, because then once he gets to know your great personality and falls for you, it'll be a lot easier to not have him kind of hit it and quit it, especially a guy who's not emotionally mature. A man, you know, who's older, maybe more experienced, it's a little bit of a different situation typically, but 
for a lot of these younger guys, especially in their 20s, you know, you have to look at it for what it is. Okay, so I'm just going to bring up my personal love life at this point. Do it. So I came back from a date. It's the next morning. Here I am. I slipped over. Judge me. No judgment. It wasn't a first date. We've gone on dates since August. So this is how it kind of started is we went on like three dates or so. And then he was consistently inviting me out to go out with his friends and do all this kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, great. I feel like this is going well. And then there was kind of this drop off in like November. And then all of a sudden around like Thanksgiving time until now, he's been like consistently texting me like every day, was making plans with me, was like, hey, do you want to come to me for my birthday? And then asked me on a date last night. Um, and ask like in advance. So Mm -hmm. it's just a lot of mixed signals because I feel like first it started as like, okay, like dating, I want to date you. Mm -hmm. And also as backstory, he followed me on Instagram a while ago. So I didn't really know who he was, but Mm -hmm. he knew who I was. And Mm -hmm. then when I met him, I was like, I know you look familiar, but I couldn't figure out how we knew each other. Um, and he's a friend of a friend. So what I wanted to get to is it was like starting as dating. Then I feel like it kind of turned just like, you are just trying to hook up with me. And now I'm just like, do you want to date me? What's the vibe? So mm-hmm. what do you assess of this situation? So if I'm understanding correctly, between August and early November, you guys were dating. Then between November and Thanksgiving, like three week period, there was a drop off. Yes, there was drop off. And, and, and I confronted him about the drop off. And he said that he was dating other people because he knew I was dating other people. But I was only saying I was dating other people to be a bitch. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, you were just trying to look like you were in demand, which I'm yes, sure you are. Yes, I was. But... I was trying to look like I was in demand, which like I did. I have gone on dates, yes, but like it didn't, it, it, nothing was as strong as I felt like the vibe between him and I. So you like him is what I'm gathering. Yes. And you are not sure if he feels the same way about you. He, he has told me he liked me like multiple times, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure he likes me enough to date me because he recently like got out of a relationship like a year ago that's not that recent though I think if he's making I always say actions speak louder than words so if he's showing up for you in the sense of he is trying to initiate hanging out um actually planning dates where he's trying to be romantic at least you know in the best of his like romantic is kind of a it's a broad term and everyone has a different way of defining it but if he's really trying to go out of his way to make you feel special um then I think he probably does like you I think you have to kind of, um, at this point, see what is next. And I think as far as going forward, if this is someone who you're serious about, first of all, let him kind of put the effort in from here on out. And I think if he mentions other women, then I would personally draw the line there because you shouldn't have to threaten our relationship, what we have going on here by bringing other women into the mix and trying to feel, make it look like you're so in demand. Okay, but I was doing that. But there's a lot of too. yeah, but yeah. Doing it's, that too. Twenty-four year olds and twenty-five year olds dating is the grossest thing ever because you're trying to you want the other person, but then I think you're also trying to get the other person like jealous. Like there's all these freaking mind games. I think again though, it goes back to if this is someone who's serious about you, they're gonna make it crystal clear that they're into you. But what do you think about the boys that you know they like you? But then the fact that they still want to be talking to other girls, like they want it all. And it's like, what's wrong with them? Like, what? Well, they don't like you. They don't like you that much. Sorry. They don't, you know, that's what it is. You're an option to them, not a priority. And like, for example, Mm -hmm. I kind of am a little bit more, I guess, I don't want to say I'm like a fuck boy, but 
Okay. I guess if I were to be like a guy, I'd probably be a fuckboy because I don't really get invested in a lot of people. However, I like a lot of people, but I don't like them enough to be like, I, I want you to be my boyfriend. I'm like, uh, yeah. I'm just going to keep you as an option. I like the attention. You're, I can take you out to play whenever I want. And I have you for a certain purpose. And that's kind of messed up that I just said that, but that's the reality. And that's how a lot of these guys think. So I think that's where you as a woman need to kind of understand what your role is and change how you portray yourself so that he doesn't see you as an option. He sees you as a priority. Damn, this isn't the kind of girl I can just take out to play whenever I want. She's not an option. She's not an accessory. She's not, you know, um, someone I call at 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday as a booty call. This is the type of girl who, damn, I need to get my act together if I want to be with someone like her because she has a podcast. She does not mess around. And if I want to be a part of a girl like that's life, then I need to get my act together. And if I don't, I know I'm not even going to waste my time with a girl like that because I'm not capable of pulling her. She is on a whole other vibration. Hell yeah. Do you guys hear this? (laughs) Absolutely. But that's where, again, you have to take this thing out of your mind where it's like worried that you're going to lose him. Well, the sexiest thing to a man is a girl who isn't afraid to lose him because she's fine on her own. And I think that's where, again, women put out early is we're afraid that we're going to lose them. So we're going to do anything we can to like make sure we can keep that fire alive. It's actually more attractive to a guy if he's like, damn, I got to put in more work for her because then it's fun. It's like, oh shit, she didn't reply to my text. What's she doing? Who's she with? It's going to be really telling how he handles it from here on out. All right, updates to come. I'm going to keep you updated. I'm going to DM you and let you know. Let me know. I'm so excited to hear. But I'm excited Um, for you. This is a really fun time to like, you know, explore that side of yourself and date around. This is the time to do it. Oh, we've been dating around for a while now. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want to dive into our listeners' questions. So we pulled like the the five of our favorites. So number one, and I personally do this all the time. I probably shouldn't say that after that story, but why do I keep going back to my ex? I did not write the same, but I feel like this is something so many girls go through, especially Mm -hmm. in COVID and quarantine, they go back to their ex because they give them attention. It's easy. It's comfort. Why do people do this? So a few different reasons. It depends on the relationship. Some people are genuinely addicted to the drama and it's almost like having an inside joke with someone where it's like, you feel like you're able to relish in the highs and lows and the roller coaster of the relationship with that person. So some people, that's the case, not all people. For some people, it is the comfort, right? It's, okay, we have so much history. And I think for a lot of people too, it's this worry that there's no one else who's better out there. And they're like, well, this is the best it's going to get. They're already disinvested. And so they settle for bad behavior because they're afraid they're not going to find anyone else out there, especially if you've been in a relationship for a long time. Because with long-term relationships, you are so comfortable and so used to that person and being in a relationship, a lot of times you don't even know how to be single. And I think that fear keeps people in that cycle. And oftentimes, even if it's toxic, you don't recognize that it's toxic because you haven't come up for air. Mm -hmm. So you're so essentially um, used to that behavior that you make excuses for it. You often don't really walk away because in the back of your mind, you're like, all right, this is just, you know, these, these little baby threats just kind of start to, they just become the norm. So there's a, it depends on the relationship, but there are a ton of reasons people go back to their exes. Um, I would say the biggest one is probably fear that there's no one else out there and not knowing how to be your own person in the world without that person by your side. I could see that. I could definitely see that. All right. 
Second question we have, how do I get a boyfriend? So many of my friends ask this question all the time. Again, it depends on the person really, but um, I think once you take the expectation out of interactions, um, you're going to be a lot more successful. Like, for example, most people get so in their head when they like someone that they start to create these unrealistic fantasies and then they end up shooting themselves in the foot before they're even able to cross over into that boyfriend-girlfriend stage. And so I think for that reason, it's like, just be easygoing, be yourself. I know that's cliche. On one hand, people also say, oh, I want a boyfriend, but then they're not actually putting in the effort. That's like saying I want a job, but not actually applying for a job. Mm -hmm. You have to put yourself out there. You have to, you know, socialize, mingle, be on the dating apps, tell people that you're looking, create those opportunities for yourself. No one's just going to come into your life and be like, oh, you are a great girl. You're gorgeous. You are educated. You have your shit together. Um, let's be girlfriend and boyfriend. If, they, if you're not even putting yourself in an environment to meet those people. So do hobbies and things that, you know, are going to put you and position you in a place where you can actually mingle with people who you're compatible with. And then I also think a lot of people, not everyone, but some people just say that they want a boyfriend because they think society you know, or they don't think society, society tells us we need relationships. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the times they're not actually honest with themselves and asking, do I actually want a relationship? Do I have time in my life for a relationship? Do I have the capacity for a relationship? So you, you really do have to do those three things. You have to ask yourself, is this something I can take on right now? Do I really want this? Secondly, am I actually doing the necessary things to put myself in a situation where I can meet people? And um, lastly, Am I taking expectation out of the interaction? And am I really being myself, my true authentic self? Or am I trying to cast a role for someone in my life who really isn't meant for me? And you see people do this all the time with politics, with religion, with, um, you know, this person gets on well with my family. And unfortunately, you end up resenting those people because you actually don't have anything in common with them. You're mm -hmm. just casting a role for someone in your life. So you have to really be honest about the, the, the process, I think. I kind of have a follow-up question with this. So, cause someone else asked this like as a follow-up to that. So what about the girls who like, let's say they found someone that they do have like a connection with and it's kind of just like been a hookup. Like how at that point are you too far in the deep that you can't go back and like, say like, I want to date you. Like, what do you recommend you for like those girls who feel like, okay, I'm in an awkward spot now. It's a great question. Um, you can change your terms and conditions at any point in time. Um, I have a business. I love you. I actually love you. <laughs> I love you guys too. I terms have a business background. I have a business background. And so I apply a lot of mm -hmm. sales strategies and business analogies into kind of my perception of dating. But I love that. You know, you can really change your rules and say, oh, we're gonna we're gonna implement a 14-day store policy and then not uphold that. Um, so yeah, you can definitely, if you started hooking up with someone and it started off casual and I are like, wait, I think I actually am looking for something more serious. I like this person. That's fine. But again, draw the line, you know, it's different on, it's different for every difference for every situation. And it's definitely contextual, but I hear a lot of girls, especially get so many DMS and people are always like, well, we've already hooked up. How do I go back? You know, you just simply stop enabling bad behavior or not bad behavior, but you stop enabling the behavior that is creating the patterns that you're no longer okay with. Um, so I'm going to stop hooking up altogether, but you actually have to make a reservation to, to come to my restaurant now. 
maybe before we were, you know, BYOB, you know, show up, (laughs) you know, whatever, but it's not anymore. So reservation only, sweetheart. And if you can't make that, then that's okay. We're not going to hang out anymore. And you almost have to put the training wheels on for some of these guys. I personally met a point in my life where I don't want to put anyone through dating school. And you have to assess if that juice is worth the squeeze. But it, it definitely is different for everybody. But again, you can create new rules at any point in time, I think. And our next question we had is, what do you say to a guy when you want to reach out to an old flame? You kind of touched on it in your answer. So that would be perfect to... Um, so I think reaching out to an old flame, you really have to understand going in what you want out of the situation. Is it attention? Is there a call to action? I want to date this person again, because that defining your intent is going to really help tailor how you go about communicating and you have to understand what your ideal outcome is. So that's the first step. The second step I think is if this is someone who, um, you know, you're serious about rekindling um, a connection with, I think it's good to almost kind of say something in a more nonchalant manner, like, oh, I was just cleaning out um, my house. I'm actually moving. Came across this old photo. Made me think of you. Hope all is well. Taking the expectation out of it of like, are you seeing anyone? You know, I've been thinking about you. You have to kind of create, frame it up in a way that A, makes you look good. Example, with the one I just said, I'm moving. I'm doing something with my life, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is make it seem nonchalant like it was in passing as opposed to, well, I've actually been thinking about you for the past three months. Can't stop thinking like that in a sense almost sounds kind of desperate. So you want to create it again in a way that makes it look nonchalant. And um, I think you also have to, again, take the expectation out, make it seem open-ended, see where they take the information. If they're happy to hear from you, they're going to take that information and they're going to be like, oh, wow, can't believe that was so long ago. How have you been? So it's important to frame it up in a way that creates those possibilities as opposed to, again, cornering yourself or cornering this relationship um, and then, you know, having it kind of reach a dead end before you even give it the opportunity to restart. If that makes sense. No, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Okay, next question. This is one um, I think Vic and I struggle with immensely. Um, How to not let your crazy show. I think with a lot of people who get into relationships or it's not going the way they want, they bottle everything up and then they just turn into complete psychopaths checking their Venmo. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I do that, but I know people who do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like they go to these extreme lengths and they hold these things in and then all of a sudden they explode like a psycho. How can girls tame this like craziness that they have inside of them? It's a really good question. And I think it's not about taming the craziness. It's about understanding what's making you feel crazy in the first place. Um, Often when you start doing that, when you really start going in the weeds of what's their snap score today, when were they last on WhatsApp? you know, creating fake Instagram profiles. Hmm, Have I been there? Maybe (laughs) Um, multiple times. But um, when you start to go and I've done some psycho shit in my time, believe me. Um, But when you start to go down that path, it's usually because you feel threatened and you feel like you're going to lose someone. And that right there should already tell you that this isn't a healthy relationship dynamic. Because if someone is making you go down that path and giving you reasons to feel doubtful or dubious and reasons to basically, I was going to say doubtful, but reasons to feel dubious, reasons to basically um, wonder, you know, if they're being authentic, if they're 
if they're telling you the truth, that right there is a red flag that you need to be watching out for. And literally look at that red flag and see it for what it is, as opposed to brushing it under the rug and just starting to feel like, you know, you're in your mind too much. The minute you start to get crazy is the minute you've probably started to see a lot of red flags and you've ignored them. And then also ask yourself, you know, is it me that's crazy or am I not seeing this for what it is? Oftentimes, a lot of women see these red flags and ignore them. And then it comes back to haunt them months later. I saw that before the relationship started and I ignored it. That again comes with maturity because a lot of those guys who you do start, again, really psychoanalyzing everything and you turn into essentially an FBI agent, it's because they're immature too. They're giving you red flags. So I don't think it's about taming the crazy. I think it's about understanding what it's rooted in in the first place. That's a good point because sometimes, well, I have a long-term boyfriend, but like even sometimes I don't think there's red flags between us, but I think there's like another side of maybe it's just like my emotions. Like sometimes like maybe a month or two can go by and I'm like, everything's fine. Like let me dig and see if I can find anything. (laughs) And like, I never do, but I think I just do it for like a thrill. Like we kind of talked about it on a different episode before Katie, how people like sometimes are gravitated to be messy or if like you haven't yeah. fought with someone in a while you're like ooh, let me let me start something up because you're mm-hmm. bored or maybe you're insecure about something else in life and you're like let me dig for more to like make it hurt like I don't know mm-hmm. does this make sense yeah it's it does and I think it's natural and it's human nature to want to inject a little bit of drama into situations to make it exciting but I think also Victoria it's important to understand that typically if you're doing that it, it might be because something else in your life is um is, is creating that desire. Are there areas in your life that maybe you're bored in that are wa- making you want to create and inject a little bit more of that drama? Only you can answer that. But, you yeah. know, I think that's important. And I, I really do believe in doing a lot of introspection and really looking at every area in your life with kind of a myopic lens, if you will, and seeing, okay, what what's going on in this corner that maybe needs a little dusting? I know often for me, how I act in relationships is typically um, very influenced by what's going on in my personal life and in my professional life. If one thing is out of balance, everything becomes out of balance. Um, so I, I think that's important to look at too, because with a with a really stable relationship and someone who's with a partner who's very mature, you're not going to want to rock the boat. Okay. This makes sense. I I'm feel just like dramatic. I like walking the boat sometimes, but that's like a personal problem. That's my immaturity though. It is. And I, I can acknowledge that. Once you've had enough rocked boats and you've been splashed and you've fallen in the water enough times, you're like, I actually am. I would rather not be on this rocky kayak. I, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chill on the mega yacht over here. That isn't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, mega yacht sounds much better, much better. But of course I think it's, I, I think it, you know, a healthy dosage of drama. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I don't like things to be super boring, but um, but there's a way to kind of infuse a little bit of excitement that's not necessarily you're going through email chains, but I get it. I mean, I think we as women are naturally more inquisitive. You know, I'm not going to own up to anything on this podcast right now, but um, but I've, I've had, you know, some, que- I've done some questionable things that. Um, Haven't we all? We've all yeah, been we've all. <laughs> So I want to bring it back to a little bit more about you since I find you so interesting. Are you currently dating? Are you currently like into, into anyone or what's going on in your love life? 
this is probably the most single I've ever been in my life. Um, so I've been traveling for the past, I don't even know, six yeah, months. Yeah, you were in Dubai, like hook a girl up. I was in Dubai. Yeah. And, um, I was in a lot of other places, but I, I left six months ago thinking I was just gonna come home for my sister's birthday. That's again, how I started TikTok. Um, I thought I was going to be here for a week and I ended up, you know, never going back to Miami. I booked a one-way ticket and I essentially started globetrotting by myself. So, um, I haven't been dating anyone seriously. I haven't really had the time to get to know anyone seriously either, because it's just been something I put on the back burner since I've been so busy and consumed with other areas of my life. Um, that's not to say it's not something I'm looking for. It's just not something I'm looking for right now. So it's probably the most single I've ever been, but I'm also super happy and super um, excited about some of the other goals and things I have going on right now that for me, if I'm going to be in a relationship, it, it needs to be with someone who's also on the same vision as me and also moving forward. So there's no, like, I don't have the capacity or, or time to really take someone on who's going to drag me down. And so I think that's kind of where I'm at relationship-wise. There's always a few people I'm talking to, but, um, <laughs> but nothing serious right now. I get that. And I mean, you have your plate pretty full. I mean, on top of the TikTok content you create, you're also co-founder of Nutrishrooms and Influencer Club. So tell mm -hmm. us about those projects that you started. Yes. And I work full time too. So, so I'm currently like the youngest sales manager at a fortune 500 company. I also started my own CPG company, Nutrish Rooms, because I work in the consumer package goods space and I am really passionate about health from the inside. And basically instead of going to doctors, once you're already, you know, hit with diseases, being proactive and, and nourishing yourself from the inside out. Food is something that I've always been passionate about. So I created my own holistic supplement company where we basically focus on adaptogenic mushrooms and um, create performance products out of them. So that's my one company. I do it on the side. I love creating products that I believe in. And Influencer Club is something I started two years ago. It's actually a 501c3 nonprofit. And it really started because I've always been passionate about helping people. And I wanted to give back to a community, but I didn't know how, and I wasn't in a position to just write a check. And I personally think time is the greatest gift you can give anyone. So I started public speaking at my university um, or my alma mater, University of Miami. Woo! And I created a nonprofit where I basically help young girls, especially minority women um, who are in college or about to break into the workforce. And I give them the resources. I help them with their resumes and, um, and help them essentially land their job and break into, and break into the workforce, especially because I've worked in male dominated industries my entire life. Um, it's something that I, that I'm truly passionate about. So we are kind of for women by women. And, and then uh, on top of it, I'm also gearing up to, to launch my Ask Nelly platform where I'll be doing more um, individualized coaching. So a lot on my plate right now. You're killing it. Well, if you ever want anyone to help with Influencer Club, that's definitely something we'd love to do because Vic and I, we love creating girl bosses. We love helping people to Research oh my gosh. Yes. We should is. definitely collab. We'll do something for sure. We offer like different resume building workshops and it's been a little bit, it's been a little bit challenging the past few months just because I've been traveling. My co-founder has been busy, but in the new year, we'll be doing more webinars and stuff. So we'd love for you guys to be a part of that. We'll have to collab. That's huge. Well, that. I'm so happy for you. Like, look at all these things you're doing. So what is the Ask Nelly platform going to look like? So it is going to be a combination. I get so many DMs every day, guys. I'm sure you, you do imagine. too. 
girls who are like, Nelly, love your TikToks, but I need advice. And then it's, I kid you not, like three paragraphs. And I, I do read through some of them. And I, at the beginning was definitely very responsive, but it just has gotten to a point where I can't unfortunately accommodate a response to everyone. And I don't like to give half-assed answers to people. I don't think that's productive. So um, what the Ask Nelly platform will be is you'll be able to ask a question and, you know, there'll be a fee associated and there's, it won't be astronomical, but it's going to be, there's going to be a charge because I only want to really help people who are serious about implementing that. I also don't have the capacity again to take on every single DM that I get. So it'll be a way to kind of filter through people who, you know, again, are really serious about getting advice. And then I'll also be offering individualized coaching because I get a lot of people and I have since I've started who are like, can you help me with my confidence? Can you help me with my Bumble profile, my Hinge profile? Um, And so it'll be more one-on-one. You're about to have your first client right here, honestly. (laughs) When are you launching? The plan is to launch in the next couple of weeks. So the website's almost done. Um, I don't have a firm launch date yet, but in the next couple of weeks, definitely before the new year, um, it's just a matter of really fine tuning everything and, um, and making sure we're completely locked and loaded, but I'm really excited. I think it's been something again, that I've been getting so many requests for. I'll still do TikTok, obviously, and I'll do my Q and A's on Instagram, which are so much fun for me because it's a way to really connect with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be a little bit more of a deep dive for people who are looking for that. So you said that you're going to do coaching for confidence as well as dating. Mm-hmm. So what would be the difference between the two? So actually it's going to be confidence, career, and dating. Okay. So there will be a few different advice um, options and services available. One is going to be just dating and love. The other will be career. And then the confidence one is going to be um, a little bit of a bigger package for people who are looking for more consistency and they want that kind of weekly check-in and we'll be able to touch on really whatever it is in their life that they feel they're lacking confidence in whether that is career or dating or something else a lot of people also dm me about friendship family by the way i'm not a therapist i, I don't want that to be confused however it's going to be more of a third party it, the way i kind of interact with my followers right now is they come to me almost because they're looking for someone who's not involved and who has a third party opinion to give them advice And I treat the different types of advice almost like a best friend or big sister who is really just looking out for your best interest. I'm not invested in the way that maybe a friend is invested or a family member is invested where there's a second agenda that could be in the mix. So, um, so really whatever is lacking in the confidence arena is, is what we'll talk about. And we'll have a rubric that we follow and a template that we follow to really ensure that people are getting the most out of the sessions. I love this. And by the time this episode comes out, it's going to yeah, we'll hopefully be launched. Be yeah, yeah. I already have the domain. So it'll be ask slash ask dash Nelly.co. Everyone yeah. go check it, it out. Yeah. yeah check it out. Really market, subscribe, whatever you got to do. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited. And I think it'll be um, cool too, because as much as I try to show people parts of my life through TikTok and Instagram, I love getting to know my followers more in depth as well and understanding kind of what backgrounds they come from. Um, A lot of them are from all over the world, all different backgrounds, nationalities, ages, um, different relationship statuses. So I'm really excited to get to know more people through the platform. And with your audience, what would you say is like the most common question you get asked? Um, Does he like me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
I slept with him. I don't know what to do now. Um, you know, it, it really depends, but I think it differs by age group. So I think a lot of the younger girls, it's kind of, we've hooked up. I don't know what to do now. You know, he hasn't responded to my text. Again, does that, what does that mean? Am I reading into it that much? And then with some of the older or more mature ladies that follow me, it's kind of what you guys were saying is, how do I rekindle an old romance? How do I, um, how do I bring back the sexy into the relationship? And what can I do to keep him interested? I'm so afraid of losing him. We're on date five. I don't know what to do. It really depends on the type of person, but, or I guess the stage that that person's in. And with TikTok, especially, there's been a huge trend in the Why Men Love Bitches book. I see it on my For You page all the time. Like, what is your personal stance on that? On the book? on the book. Cause a lot of, I think the lessons that are in there, I think a lot of them are like common knowledge, but a lot of them take it a step further. Like for example, there was an instance where I forgot what the actual lesson was, but they said, basically tell someone you're coming and then don't show up. And like something like that, like making yourself seem unavailable. I don't know. But what are your thoughts on the book? I haven't read the entire book. Um, I think I've read like a chapter because I do have it, but I haven't like read the entire book. So I, it's hard to comment. I think it was written a little bit. It was probably written, what, 10, 20 years ago? Yeah, it's very out of date. But I, I think some of the same principles apply as far as upholding your personal standard. I don't think I would tell someone I was showing up and then just completely stand them up. That's not to me respectful of someone else's time but I think there are certain certainly some principles that she preaches that I would agree with and most of them would probably be tied to you know keeping your own value Um, I think also a lot of people excuse me a lot of women they again have this process where they think about a relationship and they're so afraid of losing what they have that they almost start to act desperate and needy because they're afraid to lose it And I think what they talk, what she talks about, I forget the name of the author, but what she talks about is once you kind of adopt a mindset of, I'm not going to lose something that I already have. And if something's, if someone's not going to show up for me, then they're not here for me anyways, is sexy. And I think that that mindset still works and still applies. But again, I haven't read the book in in depth. So it's, it's a little bit challenging to comment on the entirety of it. Yeah. I've just seen the the summaries on TikTok and I'm like, yeah, I know about the book, but (laughs) holistically just saw the summaries. Yeah. No, some of the principles definitely, I would say still apply. Um, I'm not big on rules. Like I don't have a three date rule. Um, I think you just essentially, my personal approach to dating is um, matching energy. You know, if if someone shows you their true colors, believe them. If someone's not going to make a point to prioritize you don't prioritize them that to me will get you really far not even just in dating but in life we as women have leveled up so much in society recently in our jobs we've you know really had to I work in a male-dominated industry and I've worked in corporate America and I know how challenging it is to get ahead I think where we need to start to shift our mindset a little bit is we can't apply that same approach that works in corporate America to dating because it's not the same your love life is not a job. You're not, you're looking for a boyfriend, not an employee. And I think we need to really start to understand that and essentially take back control, but in a more feminine way and understand that there's actually power in being courted. There's confidence in being courted. It's okay for a guy to ask you on a date, pick up the bill, call you an Uber. You don't need to be on the defense the entire time and essentially say, well, I can do that for myself. You don't need to do that. He knows that. 
he wants to do that. Let him. I actually have that issue in my own personal love life is I'm mm-hmm. such like an alpha female that mm-hmm. I, and it bleeds into other areas of my life. And I was having a conversation with this boy last night and we were talking about, and he's, and basically into another discussion about this, but, um, it's just, I think you're so right. Like girls feel like they have to prove themselves in the mm-hmm. workplace. So then they bring it into other areas of their lives and mm-hmm. it's not, it doesn't work as it does in corporate America in your relationships. Yes. And I'm an alpha woman as well. I mean, I, I really understand where you're coming from. Um, I think, again, that's why I say there's confidence in being courted. If you want to have a bitch boy next to you who is just going to dote on you, follow you around, you're making the plans, you're calling the shots, that's okay. But to me, that's exhausting. Yeah. I already make enough decisions in my life. I don't really want to decide where we go to dinner. I don't want to make the reservations. I just want to show up and look cute. Yeah, that's all same. I want to be. And I want to have a good time. I, like, I don't want to think about it, you know? Um, and so once you adopt that mindset, you're actually going to be able to attract a lot more alpha men because men who want to do that for women are only going to do that for women who let them do that for them. Um, and so that's really the distinction that I want to make. Mm-hmm. But I think it's about really stepping into your femininity and understanding that there is, again, confidence in being courted. It's, it doesn't make you any less strong of a woman to let someone make a plan, pick up a bill, open the car door for you, open that jar of jelly that's a little bit tough. It doesn't. And it actually is going to create, I think, a more um, balanced dynamic because men want to feel needed. And doing little things like letting them take the lead sometimes is actually going to you know, make them feel more masculine. And then they're going to do more for you and your life's going to become better. So it's a, it's cyclical, you know? Definitely. And I think with the relationship thing, a lot of people get confused on if they want a personal assistant or if they want a boyfriend. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you say like a bitch boy who does everything for you, it's like, that's a personal assistant. Like, don't get it twisted. Like you don't want a boyfriend, then you want a personal assistant. Yeah, exactly. And I also don't really want to, again, make more decisions in my life. I already have enough going on. You tell me where we're going to dinner and I'll decide if I want to go there or not. If it's not, you know, the kind of place that I'm into, then that gives me enough insight and intel and go off of actions. I don't, I think a lot of women also try to force things. Like I've had a lot of girls mm-hmm. yes. where they're like, are you going to take me on a date or what? Oh my God. Like, not after that. I, I mean, that. oh, you did? Katie. <laughs> Just to this guy that you were seeing last night. Well, he kept texting me. Well, he, okay. So this is what happened. So he's, he's asked me to hang out like three separate times. And I swerved him the, the two times because I was like, you deserve to be swerved. Like you deserve it. So swerved him when he asked me on a date like weeks ago. And then he was, I guess I am actually the, the mind fucker out here. And then he kept texting me and texting me like every single day. And I don't text people every single day because like we work, we have shit to do. And I was like, all right, are we going to go on a date or what? Like, what, why are we texting every day? Like, what's the point of this? Mm, um, what did he say? He was like, yeah, I wanted to see what you wanted to do this weekend. So I was texting you. <laughs> I was like, okay. But it was a psychotic moment. But yeah, I just, because I'm like, that's like my business side coming out. Like, I don't need to be texting someone every day. Like, nothing. Yeah, you're like, time is money. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah, what the fuck is going on? And if you yeah. don't have anything going on, then don't text me. Like, go but, here's, but here's where it, and this is why I say with maturity, you're going to start. And I'm not saying you're immature by any means. I just mean oh, with, yeah. with maturity in this arena, when you've 
when you've kissed enough frogs, you're going to be able to start to tell the difference between a frog and a prince. Um, you're not going to have to say those things to a guy. He's going to show up for you in the first place. A guy who's not making a real plan, who's making loose plans, probably doesn't want to date you. He probably just wants to hook up with you. And that's okay. See that for what it is. Acknowledge that for what it is. And continue to go on dates with people who actually are going to show up for you. Instead of trying to force him into being some kind of man that he's not. He knows how to ask you on a date. You don't need to tell him how to ask you on a date. You don't need to say, why are you just texting me? Are you going to go on a date or not? It's not even going to be a question because he's going to be like, Saturday night, what are you doing? Yeah. And that's why I think it's important to, that's why I say, I mean, you, it's definitely important to start it from, you know, assert that narrative early on, but you can change your terms and conditions at any point. However, you don't need to say, are we going to go on a date or what? Because then it's, it, you start to enter gray area. Who's asking who out? Mm-hmm. And then what is, what is the expectation? Well, perfect timing, Katie. <laughs> I know. Well, it's also like, I'm a control freak. Like I, it's like a personal issue. Well, it's not a, it's not a personal issue. It's, um, it's something that is habitual because you've had to be a control freak in professional, in your professional life. You maybe have had to be a control freak in your family or your friendship life. And so you've started to have that control freak, which I don't like that word because it's almost got a negative connotation. You've started to, I guess, hyper control maybe is, I don't, you know what I'm trying to say? Um, that in your, in your life and it's bled in and you have to really understand how to separate the two. And that's why I say what works in the workplace isn't going to work in dating because you're going to attract men who are either complete beta males and not and then you're going to be put, you're going to be doing all the heavy lifting. And you're also going to attract men who um, you're going to end up resenting over time. So it's okay. It's a learning experience. Oh but, my God. But you'll be able to pinpoint this a lot better over time when you start to really recognize those behavioral trends. This is really enlightening today. This, this interview couldn't have come at a better time. It really couldn't have. When I've looked back at my previous relationships, it's, been really helpful to also see people for who they are. Is this guy showing up for me? Is he actually asking me on a date? Or is he just texting me for ego validation? Is he just hitting me up to make sure I'm still going to respond? Because that's not a guy who's going to want to date me. That's a, that's an immature, that's a fuck boy. That's someone who's literally just looking for ego validation. And I don't really care to give it to people anymore. Yeah. Because I have too many things going on in my life. Just like you guys have too many things going on in your life to be sitting around stroking someone's ego, making them feel good because, you know, um, Katie just texted me back. Okay. That means she still likes me. Great to know. I'm going to put her on this shelf as an option. We are not, you're not being put on a shelf as an option anymore. Oh, no. We have businesses to Pedestal, grow. bitch. That's what we say to exactly. that. <laughs> exactly. You're putting him on a shelf. Thank you. Oh yes. Shelf already there. I'm going to hang it up tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast this has been i feel like an educational experience what is your power move to where you how you got to where you are today i had so much fun on this podcast too i think consistency is key so nothing is overnight nothing is um you know one hit wonder i think it's about every single day putting in the work and being consistent. That's how you start to see results. It's the same like going to the gym. You don't just go to the gym once, lift a few weights and come out looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You got to go every single day. You got to put in the consistency. You got to drink the protein shake. It's the same with dating. It's the same with 
TikTok. It's the same with this podcast. You guys put one out every Monday. That consistency is really going to take you to the promised land. And one thing that, you know, again, has taken me years to really realize, but something that I, that I preach and will always preach is consistency. I love that. So where can everyone follow you on social and keep up with you in all of your new projects? Everything is at ask.nelly, N-E-L-L-Y, like the rapper. So <laughs> Instagram, TikTok. Um, I do a lot of Q&As on Instagram, and it's a really good place to connect with me. TikTok, I put out videos every single day, usually two or three videos, um, advice content, vlogs, so you can get to know me there. And then I'll be announcing um, my new website on both platforms, but it'll be ask-nelly.co when it comes out. So I'm super excited for that. We're so excited for you. And we're so happy for all of your success. This is huge. And we are at the Moral Hangover Podcast. Follow us on Instagram. We have new episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you next week.